Hello and welcome to the OLAC Podcast on Formative Assessment. I'm Julia Harrison, your host for today's podcast. With us today are four educators who will share their thoughts about formative assessment. First, let's think about what that term, formative assessment, really means for students, teachers, and schools. According to Macmillan, 2007, among others, formative assessment is anything that provides feedback about learning processes. Teams of educators often look for ways to standardize and formalize assessments and the practices that surround them as part of their efforts to improve. But a lot of formative assessment happens informally as well. Two groups really need feedback about learning processes, teachers and students. Teachers need to know if the instructional practice they're using are working to promote learning and students need to know if their efforts are resulting in learning. Together, teachers and students can use feedback from formative assessment to improve how they connect teaching and learning. A teacher who was interviewed for a recent study described it in this way. When I find out that a decent number of students aren't learning, I either reteach to a whole class or if you see the sign-up sheet at the back of the room today, that's for students who didn't get the concept and they come in and get extra help. The impact of formative assessment is magnified when teacher teams base instructional conversations on what they learn from formative assessments. In this podcast, we'll talk to educators about what teachers and students get out of formative assessment, how teachers collaborate to talk about results, and what the whole process does for the culture of the school and district. We have four educators with us to share their thoughts about formative assessment. Michael McCormick is the superintendent of the Val Verde School District in Paris, California. Kiel Strothman is a fifth grade teacher at Mary McLeod Bethune Elementary School in the Val Verde District. Rhonda Peoples is an Ohio principal working in the Columbus City School District, currently at Alpine Elementary School. And John Maynard is a principal in Southeastern Ohio at Ironton Elementary School. Today we have Rhonda Peoples. My name is Rhonda Peoples and I started working in education in 1996 and is currently the principal of Alpine Primary Elementary School. Let's head over there now to see what she has to say about formative assessment. assessment is what good teaching sounds like and it really is the best indicator for student learning as it serves as a benchmark per se of what not only teachers expect in the classroom but how their practices are yielding high student achievement. Formative assessments can be used to make sure that we are really aligning our performance task to our learning targets and it really serves ultimately as a check and balance or a navigation of sorts to make sure that not only are we going in the right direction but that we're getting there as efficiently as possible. Formative assessment is a deliberate process used by teachers and students during instruction to provide specific, actionable, and immediate feedback. 
It promotes ongoing reflection, unlike summative events one usually thinks of when they hear the word assessment. It's also a powerful daily process that doesn't just report on student learning the way that summative events and interim reports do. To unpack this topic further, let's head over to Michael McCormick, the superintendent, Valverde Unified School District in Southern California. Informative assessment as delivered in what we're calling the teacher-directed formative assessment model All students enjoy the advantage of well-planned delivery of meaningful, quality assessments that are very closely synchronized to the rhythm of the instructional process. Assessments are so well-blended into instruction that students don't feel tested and judged as much as they feel measured and supported. And that's a really big deal. And I think that also where students feel a partner to the process of assessment, they have ownership in it. And, and I love this concept that it's real, it really is blended in a synchronized way with daily instruction. That's, that's really something powerful. Educator Keel Strothman was kind enough to share some of the hurdles that he has faced in implementing formative assessment. Let's hear what he has to say. Teacher-directed formative assessment really didn't become a natural thing for me in the classroom. It took a lot of perseverance. It took a lot of planning. Uh, It's something that is very uh, direct uh, when you implement it in the classroom. And so really to become comfortable with it and for the kids to feel comfortable with it, it took about a year, I'd say, or so for for me to really feel uh, good with with that practice. And it's something that happens uh, daily in in the instruction, using the formative process uh, having kids struggle through items, having kids practice our four C's, communication, collaboration, being creative, and critically thinking about what they're doing in the classroom with specific items. It's something that happens on a daily basis. Many students, I have many students that have been encouraged and excited about this process. Uh, the students feel so much more engaged and so much more part of their learning in the classroom. They feel so much power is kind of given to the students where they feel a sense of responsibility for their own learning. And because of that, they're taking ownership of their learning. And because of that, you have a a much more engaged class, much more engaged student that uh, wants to perform and do well and wants to learn. And so I've really had a positive response from this and it's, it's been great. What about the students? What do they get out of formative assessment? We have John Maynard, principal of Ironton Elementary School, to talk about the focus of formative assessment. But first, what does formative assessment mean to you? What does formative assessment mean to me? That's a, that's always a really strong question. People start thinking of some sort of exam. They think they're going to do this exam in so many weeks. Uh, we think of that as, as big data. That's a, that's it's It's helpful. But formative assessment to me is instant. Formative assessment is actually how, as the lesson's going as well. We want to look at the work as it happens, and we want to make adjustments as it happens, because formative assessment should be used to improve the engagement of the student and, and the learning of the student. And if we wait for some invisible time to determine whether or not they're engaged, we've missed too many opportunities. So formative assessment to me is something that has to happen instantly. Students are people. They're not numbers. And interpersonal relationships is very important across data, 
across people. Dad is just a small piece. It's just the painting on the wall. It's not the wall. It's not the house. The data is something to help give us a small indication of who that student is and what they're doing to learn. And a collaboration between the student and the teacher is probably the most important. We spend a lot of time talking about collaboration with teacher versus teacher versus principal versus parent. It's really that collaboration between a student and the teacher that's going to make the biggest impact. If a student is struggling in class, they need to feel that they can talk to their teacher about how to improve. If a teacher is made to feel that that student is a number that means something in a result, that if they don't score a certain score, then they're going to get penalized and the student must be penalized. The district must be penalized. The school must be penalized. The second we turn kids into a value-added number, we lose the potential to have the interpersonal relationships we actually need for learning. Formative assessment is a powerful tool and it has the power to change the way that a district runs. Let's hear what our educators have to say about how formative assessment has changed something in their district. Well, we had a grade level team at one of our schools that was somewhat hostile to what we were attempting to accomplish with our teacher-directed formative assessment model. The principal asked for help in explaining the concept of formative assessments to this group. Our folks met with the grade level team and heard them voice their concerns. Mostly, uh, they had to do with the synchronization aspects of the assessment process with the demands on time for instruction. We were able to render examples, demonstrations, and logic, which ultimately convinced uh, the teacher team the time spent on embedded formative assessment would, in the long run, save time, not cost more time. That team is now one of the most adherent advocates of our teacher-directed formative assessment. And we're so pleased that we were able to get together and that have that conversation. You know, very often, there's times where there's this kind of, you know, there's one version of reality that's located at the district office and more specifically, maybe in the Ed Services Department or Division of how the initiative is going. And then you have kind of the ground level perspective of how the initiative is going. And very oftentimes those perspectives, those realities, and the feelings that people have about how things are going can be very different. And so we kind of have to create a space for what I call truth telling, where people from the district office and the teacher teams that are where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, working with students on a regular basis, that that truth-telling allows a place where each side can voice their, their concerns and the challenges that they're facing, and then common agreements are established. And I think that's very powerful. And oftentimes, we feel like we don't have the time to do those things. But if we, if we can insist upon the time to have discussion and collaboration and work through the kinks that are present, we'll actually have more ownership in, uh, in the initiatives. And I think that's one way that teacher-directed formative assessment has really taken off over the uh, last year or so, is that we've been very responsive in listening and learning uh, from those who are doing the work at ground level. Rhonda Paples, would you expound more on what student ownership looks like? I have witnessed formative assessments being used to really shift the paradigm of a school and increase not just student ownership, but teacher ownership is through the OIP process led by the building leadership team. We're using a walkthrough protocol as well as a rubric 
that is not just shared with staff, but also unpacked for staff to really understand the rubrics indicators. We walk through classrooms to gather information on what our look fors are in regard to best practices to innovative use of formative assessment. And with that information, we're able as a building leadership team to create job embedded, meaningful professional development that leads the whole school to a common vision, a common performance, and a common understanding about how we measure effectiveness for student learning in our classrooms and how we ensure that our practices lead to evidence of student learning and not just how teachers are teaching. So that is one way that we take formative assessments from the classroom to a school-wide vision. Lastly, John Maynard, would you share some innovative ideas surrounding formative assessment? Some innovative ideas. Uh, we have one that's really, I think, stands out. We have designed based on feedback, the idea of, okay, how are we going to improve instruction? And uh, there's many people involved in that. You have the quarterly assessments. You have the teacher-based teams. You have the building leadership teams. You have the district leadership teams. You have teachers talking to teachers and principals talking to teachers. And everyone's talking. All the adults are talking. And no one's talking to the kids. And we had an issue on quarterly assessment just just a couple of years ago where we were all teaching fractions the exact same way and everyone was comfortable in teaching fractions the exact same way and we were failing every grade in the exact same way. How do we get better? So there was discussions about going to buy programs and things and I thought, why don't we ask the students? Why don't we have a student-based team? And what if you took a student-based team who watched videos of teachers and who actually become consumers of knowledge and who understand the power of reformative assessment and understood what the results of their work was and that they could review these things and give you feedback, wouldn't it be nice to have that consumer tell you what they think about what you're selling them? So we created those teams. And in this particular situation, they gave their quarterly assessment. They failed the fractions. The teacher was challenged to find three or four videos of teachers teaching fractions a different way that she felt comfortable doing. The key is that she has the skill to do it. If she doesn't have the skill, then we're going to have to train her. So I, I, this, we want immediate help. So find some things you think you're comfortable in doing, and we're going to show them to our student-based team. Student-based team watched the videos, and they ranked them on which ways they preferred. That changed the way we taught. So the student-based team itself became a formative assessment. They assessed how we taught the material. The next QA, everybody's material showed that it was getting better. Our, our, our test results were getting better. Our, our students were getting excited because they were actually getting involved. And we continue to do this. So the student-based team is something that's come, I think, innovative from the formative assessment. And, and people so much, they think about a test or they think about a computer program or they think about something that they can write as a formative assessment and they seem to forget that it's 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 actually more than just paper and pencil and things it's, it's a process collaboration i just i think i just mentioned collaboration the collaboration between the teachers talking about what the students have learned what they have achieved what they're trying to do the collaboration with the, the teachers talking about how they're going to teach the next lesson how they're going to review material that collaboration happens, of course, in our teams, but it happens outside of our teams. It happens outside of uh, a school. We have parent volunteers who are here all the time, and they're asking, you know, how's our children doing? And they want to know how to improve. 
That's because they know this quarterly assessment exists. They know when the QAs are here. It's, it's that big data piece, but it means a lot to the parents. They also want to know what's going on daily. So if my child fails a worksheet that you've designed or an assignment you've assigned, why, why is that? What, what are we doing to improve the, the learning outcomes for that student? So we, we feel very strong that the professional collaboration has become stronger when you're not penalized for formative assessment. This is very important. I think people need to understand this. When formative assessments, quarterly assessments, data becomes a penalized thing, people will hide. We try, and I try not to let that happen. Even though we are in a, a district that doesn't have always the data the state would want to see, uh, we do have kids at risk. I have to be careful not to punish my teachers for being honest about student failure. They have to be able to say, the students are not doing well at this subject. So if you want collaboration and you want it school-wide, you have to allow people to fail. And you have to not necessarily call it failure, but a coaching point. All right, this is what we're going to work on next. Not, we're going to post your data and you're not making proper progress. So let's now give you a checklist of things that you need to do. I'm not prescribing you a checklist. Your team is going to talk about what needs to happen. And you are going to come up with solutions with your expertise. And then if I need to help you get training, I'll do that. As our guests have shared, formative assessment is a critical part of effective instruction. Learning how to do it, well, takes time. And it requires trust. Building trust also takes time. But it pays off in the end. It leads to better instructional decisions. And better instructional decisions lead to more and better learning. For a deeper dive into assessment concepts and to learn more about formative assessment, visit the OLAC module entitled Assessment at www.ohioleadership.org.